can say anything to us about anything. You know, we're going out there every day and playing for each other every Sunday. So, like, regardless of what happens on the practice field, what sure. we're doing, we making each other better. We're trying to get better. People just need to mind their business. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Period. Like, <laughs> because you can say what you man, want to your guy yeah, because true. that's your guy. Exactly. You earned it. Right. You can't say that to him. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I told a story yesterday. Like, if you got brothers, and I'd imagine sisters too, but listen, I grew up in a house <laughs> of sisters. Hey, y'all crazy. But yeah, I could say that to my brother. I could say that to my guy. I could cuss out Vach Lombardi in the car, you know? But you can't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't. I told the story yesterday. Me and, 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 and Jeff, my bro, he probably listening right now. He know exactly what I'm talking about. Me and him. I mean, not me and Jeff, but me and my brother Marcus, we legitimately got into it down at the Exxon at the store. You know, we we legitimately got into it at the corner store or whatever. Uh, the mobile is what we called it. They changed the name so many times, but it was always the mobile. And that same very day, we got word that our brother was involved in another situation. Immediately, that became nothing. And we forgot all about that. And we jumped on that situation for our brother. That's That's what this is. I can say that. I can do that. You can't. <laughs> Once we get on the field, if Diggs heard somebody say that or if a lineman heard somebody say that to Dak, best believe they jumping down the lineman's throat. So this is, and I hate to even have to make a segment about this, but I personally, featuring this story, this is the last of it, man. Diggs should have, this should have shut everything down. But you know it won't. You know what will happen. They're going to milk the hell out of this, especially because there ain't no football for real, for real to talk about. So they're going to milk the hell out of this. They're going to take words that Diggs said. They're going to pull it out. I already saw it on Twitter. I already saw it on Twitter. They're going to pull out certain words. They're going to make segments about it. It's going to get engagement. Y'all going to retweet it on Twitter, right? And 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 they are successful. So that, that's that's the last of it for me, man. Uh, Towboat Ty, shouts out to Towboat Ty. Showed me his setup yesterday. Super chat. He said, he dropped a super chat, said, when it comes to the media and the Cowboys, they will always try to make a mountain out of a molehill. Straight like that. Straight like that. <laughs> he said, y'all had Jeff Shook. <laughs> nah. Nah, 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 nah. Jeff's my brother. So so somebody was messing with Jeff is what it was. And and we went and, and went and, you know, help with that situation or whatever. He's our younger, but the funny thing is, he's our younger brother, but now he's the biggest. <laughs> hilarious how that worked out anyway man yeah so they would definitely make a mountain out of a molehill man and a lot of these dudes are are actors it's 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 acting on there weirdos the narrows shouts out to jay-z so and, and that's not what we do here and that's why shout out to uh was it jesse just jesse highly said those people those shows are actually necessary evils y'all the necessary evils because they push you guys to people like us that want to talk real football. So shout out to them. Stay corny, my friends. It benefits us. Wash, rinse, and repeat, says Toxic. Yep. Yep. You remember <laughs> Jeff in the chat, they tried to take my chips at the store when me and Mikey was walking back on. <laughs> hey, that's crazy. You remember the specifics. I couldn't remember the specifics. I just remember we got into it. Then after that, we, we, you know, we came your way. That's wild. Uh, Toxic said, I wish we would not even acknowledge it because the fact we're talking about it gives them more of a spotlight. Not on my show. My show, look, my show ain't got millions of viewers. I, I, I Again, I hate to have to feature it. 
But on Twitter, I actually sometimes, you know, on Twitter, it's a little bit more on Twitter. I got right. So on Twitter, I don't retweet any of this. I don't say their name. I don't I don't put the, the three letter network, four letter network, nothing, because that will go into the algorithm and whatnot. If you notice, I didn't even do it on here. I, I, I try to make sure if it needs to be addressed, I address it in a way that I'm not helping out their engagement. You know what I'm saying? So you won't see me post a Dan Orvalowski video. You won't see me post a FS1. But here I go. I said it, right? <laughs> I won't be posting any of these videos. Nah, won't see me do it. But I feel like this needs to be said. And then we move on from it, man. We'll move on from it. Uh, Mike Harris said, my brothers are the same way, Scott. My younger brother is the tallest. Yeah, yeah, it, it got, it reversed real quick. Y'all know I ain't tall, <laughs> you know, and I'm the oldest. It, it wasn't, it didn't take long either. But by the time my, my oldest, I mean, my youngest got to Jeff, got to junior year in high school. It was a wrap. Lee said, I could call you a homer in a den and we could laugh about it. Facts. You call me a homer out the way. And that's what's hilarious. I had said this on, on uh, Vach's show. Because me and me and Vach got into it. In the, not into it. I hate to say it. Vach got me saying into it. But y'all know me. I said it on the very first episode of Vach and Boy Live. I will hold Vach accountable. I will push back on Vach. And I did that not even on the show. Right? But I think it's hilarious that there's people that, that dub me a homer because I think we got a damn good quarterback that just needs to finish. But if you've been paying attention to me over the last three or four years, you will realize not one time have I said the Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl. It's not about it's not about me doing that. I'm trying to provide quality analysis to you guys based off of the data that I have and see. And if more data comes, I, I can change my mind or, or, or shift my opinion. That's just how I've always been. Lee would tell you. Lee would straight up tell you that. But, you know, clicks, engagement, all that stuff. It's going to happen, dog. It's going to happen. All right, enough of that. Let's let's go around the nation. Let's talk about some of these notes that we've seen uh, yesterday in, in, in a practice really where the defense finally, not to say finally, like they begin to ask what, but the last two or three practices, the offense has got the better of the defense. And it seemed like yesterday the defense got the better of the offense. So let's go to dot com first and read some of these practice notes. And by the way, if you want to, you can call in 351-999-3787. I'll try to take calls as I'm going through these notes as well so we aren't, you know, 10, 11 calls at the end of the show. So first up, and this is this is excellent that this is the very first uh, note on .com because that was the first thing I was noticing as these clips were coming. He said it was a strong, he as in Nick Harris, said it was a strong, uh, pun intended, day for defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins who blew up the interior offensive line on multiple occasions for tackles for loss. Hankins and Mozzie Smith are shaping up to be a strong one-two punch at defensive tackle this season. The only question that remains is who will be one and who will be two, and that comes from Nick Harris. Um, I saw a package that had Mozzie, Hankins, and Bohanna out there, and that was a play that Hankins got, you know, a tackle for loss in the backfield. So, you know, Will McClay brought up Bo. Uh, Brian brought up Bo. I, I'm a fan of keeping three big boys like that on this team, especially because we want to, the last thing we need to lock up on defense side of the ball is the run game. So I was excited to see that package. 
and Jonathan Hank is all, all the word coming out down there is Hank. He moving different. And we talked about this weeks ago, having Hankins and Mozzie to start camp is a night and day difference than last year when we started camp. And it, and it could, it could be a night and day difference to start the season for the run defense, because the run defense was one of the things that struggled early on until you got Jonathan Hankins. And then when Jonathan Hankins left struggled again, Stefan Gilmore hasn't been tested a whole lot by any quarterback during training camp, but Dak threw his, threw his way intending for semi on the sideline only to have it fall in the hands of the former defensive player of the year. Gilmore has proven his worth as one of the top corners in the league during camp so far. Look, at some point you got to test Gilly. Like you competition. It, it, you, you have to, I, I get it, man. Gilmore is Gilmore, but damn it. You got to throw his way so he can kind of get in the midst of things. We're not scrimmaging nobody else. He ain't probably going to play any training or any preseason games. So they finally tested him. And this was a semi Fehoko play that we were talking about earlier. And uh, he would have been a pick if he got his other foot in there, but he just got one foot and fell out of bounds. And look, I think it was Michael Gallup who said, Gilmore will tell you to play the route that you're running in the middle of the goddamn route. <laughs> Do y'all know how crazy to have a Gilmore on one side and then Diggs on the other? I don't think we're really going to understand just how amazing that is until week one when Daniel Jones with his training camp, you know, confidence of whooping on whoever's over there, Dore Jackson and whoever's out there with the New York football giants is going to be like, yeah, I've been making passes to Jalen Hyatt. Darius Slayton's been catching balls. I'm ready. And he tried to test Stefan Gilmore. He tried to test Trayvon Diggs. We're not really going to understand it until we see it out there with the live bullets flying. And we got some food week one. Look, yeah, I, I respect everybody, but I'm sorry. I told y'all, Dan, Dan, Daniel's just gonna have to show me. Damn, Daniel, you just you just gonna have to show me, dog. I I am not in any shape or form worried about his arm. So week one, that's food. Just don't play with it. All right, I think it was six eight two who jumped in here first down there in Arlington. What's up, six eight two? going on with you, man? Every month is a uh, Friday. Indeed, indeed. What's on your mind? Uh, now, I wanted to, I had a couple things, man. It's going to sound really crazy, but I had an idea about Zach Martin. I think he's about 31 years old, 32. 32 if I was Jerry, yeah, if I was Jerry, I think I'd sign him for the number he wants, and then I'd start taking phone calls on him uh, to, to trade him next year. Saying is that, uh, and that's that's coming from a diehard Cowboy mm. fan and a Zach Martin fan. But I think he could actually be probably valuable. Probably get a first and like a a fourth for him next year. Well, and, I, uh, I don't think you get a first round pick. You don't think so? Nah, uh, Trent Williams. I, I don't even think. I, what did Trent Williams get traded for, y'all? And and I think Trent was younger, so ah, uh, maybe he might have been around the same age. But but Trent Williams is plays a you know look, I love Zach Zach Hall of Famer best guard in the league or whatever but but Trent plays a position that's technically more valuable right and I don't even think he got a first round pick he might not even got a second round pick bro so 
Oh really? Yeah, I, it might have been something like a like a three, four. Somebody in here would tell me a third and fourth. So CT said it was a third and a fourth is what you got for Trent. So I don't okay. think you get a first okay, round pick. But what we'll, we'll, I'll play your game though. Like so, you're saying uh, extend Zach and then trade him. You're probably what you're going to get a three and four. Let me ask you. You think that's worth it? Well. If another team, another GM did it, I probably wouldn't. But I'm, I'm beginning to really trust Will McClay. Uh, he really doesn't miss, you know. I mean, besides the Taco Charlton, you know, every now and again type yeah. thing, he really doesn't miss. So I'm thinking that with the Carson's contract coming up and if they think about extending Dak, they might be forced to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I look, I get exploring the trade. I, I'm not going to ridicule nobody for exploring it. Boy, you, you better you better have an answer because what we're seeing out there right now, bro, Zach Martin's yeah, leverage yeah, just seems to go up every single day. <laughs> that's what leads me to my question. I just had that one statement and then a question, which I haven't heard anything about the uh, fifth-round pick of Sim Richards. From, uh, I've heard anything pertaining to camp. I just want to know, have you heard anything or seen any film? And how was he? How was he getting along? I think he actually had a nice little a, a duo block against uh, against Neville the other day. But I saw something earlier uh, a couple of days ago. Somebody said, you know, I think it's time to see Awesome get some second team reps. So he probably was working with the third team, and they saw good enough things to move him up. But people like you know, listen to Brian, listen to Pat, you listen to these people that are down there. There, there are people that are questioning what's behind Zach Martin. There are people that are questioning the interior depth. So, you know, he may he may be making steps in progress, but enough to trust him to be the guy. I haven't heard anyone say that just yet. So it, it looks yeah. like we are, which, which we talked about, right? You've been listening to the show. We've been talking about interior yeah. depth since what, February? So yeah, it looks like nothing has changed from that point. Okay, okay. Well, that, that was pretty much all I have for, for you today. Or whatever, I appreciate you. Yep, no problem, man. Oh boy, I know I know Danny just about just about through a parade hearing that. Danny been wanting to get rid of Zach Martin since he got drafted. Danny says Zach Martin's garbage. He ain't no Hall of Famer. He overrated. You love that one, huh, Danny? Nah, man. Uh if you're gonna pay Zach and, and look to trade him the next year, you, you that has to be worked out within that contract. Like, like you got to work out that contract, know when I'm going to trade him next year, and hopefully it doesn't hurt, you know, you want to cap when you do so. But it's, look, I'm not going to sit here and ridicule people. Wow. So you serious, Danny? I, man, look, I I, I want to, I'll play this. It's Friday. I got all day, dog. A six-time All-Pro who has less holding calls than years played is overrated. Good, not ring of star material. Like, like Danny, I appreciate you being here every day, bro, and every and stuff like that. But these are the type of comments that make like, how can I res- respect or or take anything you say serious about the game of football, dog? Like you. You know what's up? What I'm noticing over the years, you know all the college players and stuff like that. But your your your, your, your national football league takes be crazy. 
and wrong. <laughs> they be loud and wrong. There are actual NFL defensive players, coaches, coordinators, linemen, line coaches, all that. They say Zach is one of the greatest to do it. And you calling this man overrated. Danny Savage, day three Danny. I don't even know what you do or what you've done in your past. Danny, day three Savage says Zach Martin's overrated. He good, but he ain't Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor worthy, sir. If you looking for the clout, if you, if you, if you looking for pick me, because there's a lot of pick me. You, you ain't the only one. If you don't know what pick me means, go look up pick me woman. Pick me girl. There's a lot of pick me's out there. You sounding like a pick me. Zach Martin's overrated. I got time today. I got time today. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Danny. Come on, Danny. Please explain yourself, fam. Explain yourself, uh, pick me. Just listen, I'm old school. I'm listen. I'm biased to the nineties O line. And I've I've said this plenty of times. I'm biased to the wall. You know what I'm trying to say? No, Is remove that, your listen. biases, Danny. Because now you, listen, you remove you put, your biases. Okay. All I'm trying to say is, is Zach great? Yeah. Do I bash him? Yeah. Because this is just my opinion. For someone to say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, for someone to say <laughs> he, he belongs in... No, just let me... Like, Ring of Honor. Find me tape of him red going pushing someone five down five yards down the field and pancaking a future Hall of Famer. I know him and Sue had his battles at the senior bowl. But when we played them in twenty eighteen, Donald, Sue, and Blockers lived in our back in our backfield the entire So he, so he's supposed to block them all by himself? Danny, no, come, not bro, at there, all. there are Hall of but Famers. There are Hall of Fame but, offensive linemen in the Hall of Fame that played on terrible offensive lines. You're not going to sit there and blame that offensive lineman for it, Danny. So your qualification, no, I'm not gonna, I'm your not qualification, your qualification for a Hall of Fame offensive lineman means they have to pancake Hall of Fame players throughout their entire career. No, all I asked you is find me and the Dallas community. That's not, all you, that's not all you. That's not all you asking, Danny. I have physical proof of you in the chat calling this man overrated. Are you just capping? Yes, Are you looking he, for clout? Are you looking for no, pick me? Because you here. I'm, I'm an old man. That calls you. That I, I I hang with you and Vodge. What clout am I? Oh, there's people for? that definitely look for clout in these chats. Trust and believe me, you ain't the only one. So my question for I you, bro. I just walk my dog. My, I walk my dog. My, and I'm drinking my, my question for you. My him. question for you. You called him overrated in the chat. Simple answer: Is Zach Martin a Hall of Fame player, one of the greatest offensive guards to ever play this game? Yes or no? No. He's Hall of Famer. He's not one of the greatest to play the game. Not even. No. Let me sir, ask you a question. Sir, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to mute Danny real quick. I'll come back to you. I, I, I'll come back to you in a second, Danny. This. Y'all know what the Hall of Fame is, right? 
this mother lover said he's a Hall of Fame player. Mind you, we're talking about offensive linemen. Ain't too many offensive linemen you're going to find in a Hall of Fame that ain't worthy. But then on the same hand said he's not one of the greatest offensive guards to play the game. Make it make sense for me, Danny. Because the Hall of Fame has turned into a joke when a guy like Joe Klecko, has, <sighs> who was all pro okay. at three let different me try positions, this again. has to wait 40 let me, years. Let me try this again. Let me try, let me try this Hall again, Danny. Let me try this joke. again. Let me try this again. Remove what you think of the Hall of Fame now, I guess, because, you know, like it's I guess it's like the Pro Bowl to you now. Do you think do you think Zach Martin, six time all pro, you know, has less holding penalties in his career than he has years played? Is he a Hall of Fame player? Yes, but not first ballot. I appreciate you, Danny. Thank you, man. I love you to death. Good brother. That's all I needed there. (laughs) What the? Danny, how can somebody be a Hall of Fame player, but in the same breath be overrated? This is the stuff I don't get. From from and look, man, look, I always try to hear people out, but you're not making any sense. He is a Hall of Fame player, not the bullshit Hall of Fame, not the Pro Bowl. Uh, uh, you know, popularity contest Hall of Fame. He a Hall of Fame player, but he overrated. Am I tripping? Am I am I tripping, Cowboys Nation? Because I feel like like you about to make my head explode. This doesn't make any sense. Jake the Great, t- tell me how somebody can be a Hall of Fame player, six-time All-Pro. Nine-time Pro Bowler, less holding calls than than years played, but be overrated. Please help man, me, man. I don't know. I don't know what he's smoking, but he needs to pass that shit over here. <laughs> Boy, I need some of that. <laughs> and you, Danny, you know I'm gonna have fun oh, with this. So if, if, if you better get ready for it. But man, I'm gonna say I'm gonna tread lightly. I ain't gonna pass on no judgment because y'all already know, man. Jackson Gray, I call him say all kind of crazy stuff, so I, I, I ain't gonna get him a boy uh, savage too, too much. I will, Danny. No, this ain't the first time I, I got on him, and, and and but but this might be one of his his worst takes I've heard in quite a long time. Yeah, that that is crazy. I never thought because Zach Martin is solid as they come. I remember him; he dominated Sue a couple games, and Sue had the best of him, but. If you think about the past, like, seven years, eight years, who's the best offensive lineman, he's definitely the top three. He's, so he's a walking Hall of Famer. He's all, uh, what do you call all decade. Yeah, there it is. Right and you know what's crazy? Decade. If he plays two more years, he might not even need to do it. But if he plays two more years at this level, there is a real possibility he's going to be all decade in two decades. The 2010s right. to the 2020 and the 2020s to the 2030s. That's very possible. Uh, hey Scott, how old how old is Zach Martin, by the way? He's thirty two at the moment. I think he turns thirty three some point during the season. Okay, so thirty two. Do you think that maybe, you know, like what age did uh Whitworth retire at? Uh the guy that yeah, went to go for the Rams? Like forty or something like that, I think. So I haven't seen I don't think Zach Martin is a hurt guy. So why not give him the extension if he says, you know what, right, I'm gonna play for a while, like 
you know, maybe he can play until he's like 38 or something. I say go ahead and pay him. Well, and, uh, go ahead. But I don't know if we want to go six years, right? Like five, six years. But I'm with you in the sense of, look, if Zach says, look, I, I can play. For, for a while, I'm not. There was a rumor out there about retiring, and Broadus he shut it down just like I was trying to shut it down. Like that, that came from Bobby. Just hey, man, he looked dejected, but nobody in his camp, Cowboys camp, nobody around those guys said Zach was thinking of retiring. And but, but it, people ran with it. So if Zach is saying, "Look, I can play for another, you know, three more years or so," then yeah, you can extend what he has now, and then you could push, not push, but uh, prorate that contract to where the cap hit isn't astronomical. And a 32-year-old offensive guard is not some end-of-the-road end age. Like, there's there's right. interior. When, when you're a Hall of Famer like that, a lot of them play into their 35, 36 year of age at a high level. Right. I mean, I, to me, you know, I don't have the eyes of, like, you and Vach to study offensive linemen, but it seems like he has a little, maybe about two, three solid years left in his tank at a decent uh, all-pro level, though. That's, that's just my opinion on it. And, uh... You know, um, the community is something else, man. I was watching Law Nation's video, and uh, I think West Coast had came and sat next to him, and he was yelling, Hey, Zach Martin, do you see what's going on out there? Hey, Zach Martin. <laughs> and I, there's no way that Jerry Jones didn't hear him <laughs> screaming I, out there like that. I think that was awesome. Hey, look, I said this with, um, with Brian. I said, Zach picked the perfect year to do this. He couldn't do it last year. Because you know what it came out? Well, we got a Connor McGovern, you know, and Connor McGovern can, couldn't do it two years ago because Connor McGovern and Connor Williams was here. And they could say, hey, legitimately, we've seen Connor McGovern do this and do that. Who who, who on that team right now can they be like, you know what? Yeah, we got a Chimo Doga. We 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 got we we got a Matt Fournier. We got who's the other kid? Josh Ball. Yeah, I've heard the ball is still flat out there in training camp. That's pretty disappointing. I thought, you know, maybe he was going to get some peanut butter and bulk up and surprise us, but I guess not. But I have one question before I before I get off here. I don't want to hog you up. Um, what's up with my uh, Mike Allstott, man? Is he not getting any carries? Like, do they not want to let him run the ball? Uh, I'm talking about Hunter Limpke. You know, I don't see it. I haven't seen him run the ball at all in practice. When we heard from some people down there, it's, it's mostly he's getting work with the backups. Um, I know yesterday was a heavy run day. I think we're going to go once we get on Twitter X. We'll see. Uh, I think it was Archer who talked about yesterday was mostly focused on uh, the run. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hearing too much about him out there in the ones. I'm not seeing too many, too many videos with the ones. But, th- th- you know, with training camp, and this is what people don't realize all the time, sometimes they're just working on specific things or trying things. Uh, but we're we're – breaking down the film like it's an actual game a lot of the times. That's because we're fans and we're looking for anything. But I haven't heard right. anything about, and Law might be in there or somebody who's down there might be in there. I haven't heard anything about him getting packages, packages per se, like a Deuce Vaughn with the one. So I don't know what's up with that just quite yet. Uh, have you – I did, I did say that was the only question I had, but one more Hunter Luffy. I mean, have you seen any – physicality from him? Is he peeling anybody out the hole? Is he laying anybody, anybody out? I mean, is he doing anything? I, you'd have to ask somebody that's down there that's catching, because that type of stuff really won't get on video, right? Like, it it, it won't go live. And if, if Law's okay. not live, if I'm not catching, you know, training camp live, I won't I, I won't see it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if Law's in the building, maybe he could tell you, like, hey, man, I saw Hunter Lipke have a nice little pass protection or, or step up, uh, make this block or what have you. But remember what I said, though, Jake? 
you really won't get yeah. a true feel for these running backs till preseason because that's when the other team is trying to take your head off. That's when the other team's Hunter Lipke at defensive end is trying to run through our Hunter Lipke. You know what I'm saying? And that's where you can get a real sense of these guys. So I think we're just going to have to wait till uh, August 12th. All right, all right. Great show as always, man. And Danny, pass that shit over here. Have a great day, Bomb Squad. <laughs> so <sighs> I told you I got time of day. We ain't got nowhere to be. Man, I know where to be. So your 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 proof, Danny. You just want to see video footage of of him bullying some Hall of Famer. That's that's that will do it for you. Because there is no footage of him bullying a Hall of Famer or whatever means he's not one of the greatest guards of all time. They can't all be winners. It's the Danny Savage show today. Yeah. When you say crazy things like that that make absolutely no sense and get loud and wrong. I told y'all. I posted a video of the barbershop kick. I'm about to be on some hill-ish, man. I usually try to just keep it keep it trucking with the nonsense, but y'all be saying some things. I'm tired of I'm tired of being a nice guy. Don't let me get to the level of Hollywood rock. <laughs> anyway, man. Alright, I gotta lock these up. It, it's a whole lot of y'all. Give me, give me a second. There's some notes. Let me get through some of these notes, and then we'll we'll finish all these phones. Y'all all in here. All all fifteen eleven of y'all is in here. So I'm gonna get to every single last one. But let me just get to some of these notes uh, before we do that. So let me go here. Let me go there. And we got Kyle Young. Kyle Young's practice notes. Day six. Defense got after it today. After the offense today. He says, uh, pass rush made things tough for the offense to even run their plays. When given time, the running back room had a good day, mostly Dowdle, Rojo, and Vaughn. And if I go to these practice points, there was something about the running backs. There it is. And it came from Nick. He said, if Dowdle had the best practice, the same could be said for Ronald Jones, who was uh, recently suspended. Jones got the practice with the team and made the most of it Thursday. Showed quick burst through the line, several sweeping runs. Y'all see that? Am I tripping? Here we go. S several sweeping runs to the sideline. Jones showed the patience it takes to wait for the hole to open and make a cut to get upfield. Uh, right above that, Rico Dowdle had his best practice at camp. The third-year running back was sharp in his cuts and strung together some real real runs past the line of scrimmage without being touched. Uh, Dak even connected with him out the backfield as well. After battling through injuries the last two seasons, he still finds a way to turn his head, heads in Oxnard. This is, oh man, this is what I was talking about uh, last week. Dowdle, had, in my opinion, has always been that kind of other running back that has stood out from the first day he got here. At camp, I'm talking about. Every single year. And I fall for it, and I'm falling for it now because I, I still love his running style. You see the preseason tape, you're going to see it again. I'm just nervous that if he's a guy we're counting on, if one of these dudes go down, will he make it through? So I'm wishing, much like, like Tyron Smith, I would love for Rico to remain healthy and, and give us like 75% games played this year because unlike in years past, I don't think it's going to be a one-two punch. I think it's going to be a one and then a committee approach. So if I got like a Dowdle and Malik and then, you know, Deuce is kind of a package guy or... It is Dotto by itself. 
that will feel like a one-two punch. I need to be able to have some some belief that he'll be sticking around because I love his style. I, I love his physicality. I think he can kind of replicate that that punch, that thunder that that we don't have with a Zeke, right? I think he can replicate that. But it's about staying on the field for Rico. Interior defensive line was nasty. Hankins and Mozzie both shine. Practice notes continued here. Long practice session, lots of teamwork overall. Overshone and Cox were active in coverage. Bell continues to build upon uh, build solid practices. Uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have it here, but if you go look on the other practice notes, Juan A. Thomas, uh, another guy, which, how about this, man? You know, Three years ago, or even two years ago, I was questioning the room in the sense of we don't ever draft him. We need to get this room better. But three years ago, there was absolutely no faith in this room from a depth standpoint. Now, Dono can go down. J-Ron can go down. At one point when he went down, uh, Dono stepped up. When Dono went down, J-Ron stepped up. And we are sitting here with five, six safeties that we absolutely feel good about and are actually making plays out there or showing progress. And Wanye Thomas, Marquise Bell, right, Izzy. At one point in time, J-Ron was that guy. So it's crazy how things change. Uh, then Kyle says LVE got up limping early. He continued on afterwards, though. So, not we don't like to hear LVE limping. I want to know what's up with that. And then Gilmore has blanketed everyone not named CD Lamb. Again, I think Stefan Gilmore, Brandon Cooks pickups could end up being top five pickups across the league. And it feels like it's been one of the most quietest <laughs> type of moves ever. But I feel like if this happened in Philly. If it happened with uh, Kansas City, if this happened with back in the day, it was the Patriots at one time, people would be like, yo, this is crazy. For whatever reason, we want to talk about trash talk, not about what Gilmore and Cooks are providing to this team on and off the field. Life of a Cowboys fan, yeah. Life of a Cowboys fan. All right, let's get through these calls. We got a bunch of them. I promise y'all it's Fan Friday. We're going to get through every single last one, so uh, hold tight. 209, you up first. What's goody? Hey, what's up, Will? It's been a while since I've been on the phone with you. But <clears throat> I'll tell you, um, uh, some of the stuff that I've seen watching camp videos and watching you and Botch do your guys' thing you guys do in the afternoon when you guys talk about stuff, and I find myself, even though I've been a fan for 40 years, I learn stuff every day that you guys bring to the table. And I'll tell you what, I've been a fan for a long time. And this defense, to me, the way it's going right now, then I have two questions for you. This is just a quick comment. Sure. I think this is going to be one of the best defenses I've ever seen. And I'm just going to make mm. that perfectly clear. The talent that we have and the depth that we have, I'm just going to put that out there. So my question for you is, I think the defense has uh, shined the most in camp, like Micah Parsons and then Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, and all that. What side of the ball you think has the potential to be number one in its respective category this year as far as offense and defense? Oh, 100% the defense. I think this is – we started to see it morph last year, and a lot of it was, was basically due to the person personnel. But even with the upgrade right. on personnel and offense, I think this is a defensive team now. Like, I think it's flipped. For a decade plus, this has always been offensive-driven team. I think this defense sure. is is now a defensive-driven team, but the offense just happens to still be good. Um, will it right. be good? Is 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 years past? 
look, I, I think they have the pieces to be so. It, I, think, I think it could be. Yeah, I think the scheme is, is, is going to help as well. But this defense, this is a defensive-driven team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the only other thing that I noticed, though, is, see, I, I think in the draft when we got that guy, I've been watching him, that guy, Mozzie Smith, I tell you, man, that dude is like a tank. And I'll tell you this, I was watching the other day when he, I think it was, I don't know if it was yesterday when they were, uh, or the day before when he uh, went up against uh, Tyler Smith. Oh, my God, that was that was a sight to see. And Tyler uh, actually held, Tyler actually, not surprisingly, held his own. But I just like the depth. I just like the way, you know, the way it's going to be. And for once, I actually, I think you and Vach kind of touched on this too, is I actually don't have to worry about cornerback number two because now we got Stephon Gilmore. And then, of course, you got Diggs. And then, you know, uh, Bland's going to be good too. So I don't see anywhere where they're just going to go just pick on anybody because of that. they think that's the weakest link. I think we're solid this time for, uh, for, oh, for yeah. a change of defense. I think we're solid. Yeah, they're they're going to have to be strategic about it, um, right? You know, they probably will. Like, if you're talking about, I hate to use the word weakest link. That's not what I want to use. If there's a pick your poison, it's probably the slot. Mm-hmm. But but Deron Bland is not going up against chopped liver, you know, in camp. So that's true. He's going up against good guys, <laughs> right? For sure. So you know, for week sure. to week, are you, are you going to have a Ceedee Lamb or, or a Brandon Cooks in that slot to to deal with, or the quickness of a guy like Turpin that he's going up against, you know, every day as well, which, right? You know, maybe not every mm-hmm. single rep, but, you know, here and there. So, yeah, man, it's going to be pick your yeah. poison. And it's going to be about can you get that ball out quick? Because I can't mm-hmm. I can't say this enough, bro. I, I didn't think it was possible, but but Micah <laughs> has hit another level. I My- was just getting ready to bring that up. Yes, he has for sure. He seems to be faster to me, and he's – developed I think a lot more of his technique to be I think maybe a full-time pass rusher I don't know what they're going to do if that's what they're planning on doing but dude just some of the practices will that I've seen and even with pads he just he just looks like he has just gotten so much more information and and more that he's knowledge that he's learned and oh my god I wouldn't want to be an opposing uh quarterback I just wouldn't yeah it's, that lion's gonna eat. I just can't say that enough either. I totally agree with you because what you were fixing to say, you just took it out of my mouth. That was the next <laughs> thing I was gonna say. Tell Literally, that. Micah looks sharp. He looks. He but looks. I'm excited. And I, like I said, I haven't been on the phone with you and Vach in a while, but I just wanted to get back on there. I finally had some free time because I've been busy. But uh, I, as always, man, you two, uh, nothing against anybody else that does cowboy videos, but you and Vacher are the best at what you yeah. do, and I, I appreciate you both. Man, that, that's how you appreciate it, brother. Oh, you're very welcome, my friend. Keep up Absolutely. the good work, man. I like I said, I, I watch you guys all the time. Thank you, man. Man, that's I would I will I would you as well. That will forever be humbling when I when I hear that stuff because I just put my head down and go. And, and I know we got a we got a deep roster when I talk about this community, a deep one. Uh, I just try to make sure I can stay up with with everybody, <laughs> you know, because we all are uplifting each other and trying to remain. Uh, providing quality stuff. So I appreciate that, good dog. Uh, big dog. Yeah, I, look, man, Micah Parsons is like that. He's one of them ones. And, you know, we get trolls sometimes that come through here, trolls sometimes that come through, watch a show. <laughs> and I said something along the lines of, so the first few years, and, and my, all my old heads, including Danny in here, because y'all, y'all have seen players like uh, uh, Reggie White and LT come in as young guys and then develop as young guys. I have Aaron Donald. That's one of my, my, one of my examples here. 
These guys came in physically gifted and dominating, right? But when they put it together from a technique standpoint, when they put it together from a nuance standpoint, from an experience standpoint, when they added that layer to their game, because let's be honest, Michael, Michael was beating dudes just period from mostly his athletic ability and gifts. He's putting moves out there. He has a pass rush plan. He's he's adding nuance to his game. So I said something along the lines of, look, if, if that is now the next step of his game, he's already a physical freak. But what makes some of these physical freaks so great in all time is that once they get to seven year, eight year, nine, whatever, they're still able to whoop you mentally with technique, with nuance. And from time to time, that physical freakness will flash. But if Mike is adding that to his layer of his game, we are going to have to talk about him in that breath. We 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 compare him to LT, right? Be- because of the the style, the size, very similar. But when we talk about LT in overall, we talk about LT as one of the greatest to ever do it. We talk about Reggie, one of the greatest to ever do, or the greatest. We talk about Aaron Donald as one of the greatest or the greatest. Yes, guys, only year three, but I'm seeing him compound his physical gifts with the technique with the details and nuance of the game and when you put that together that's where you have all-time greatness i got a feeling by after this year you will have to not just because they look like lt but you'll have to start talking about michael parsons in that breath i don't give a damn it's only three four years He's trending to that direction. Now, is he going to have to get a defensive player of the year or MVP? Probably. Those dudes got that. Y'all know how I feel, though. I'd rather him have a Super Bowl MVP. I'd rather him be Von Miller. Von Miller has never won an MVP, but I believe he's won a Super Bowl MVP. Mm -hmm. I'd rather him be that. So my old heads that have have watched guys like, because I've seen it with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald came in beating dudes physically. Because he's gifted and quicker. and But now you see him. He has a drill he does with knives. Dude is a maniac. And you see him beating dudes with that physical gift on top of the technique. Now, and it's just crazy. So is, is that. Am I on to something there with those all timers? I never got a chance to see LT like that. I never got a chance to see Reggie like that. When I, when I, when I, start, when I start watching Reggie like that. It was well past the the Buddy Ryan Reggie. You know what I'm saying? I just got like old school research of what he was, but I, I you know how you know how it's different, right? Like we we're going to be able to talk through what we saw from Micah in practices in year one all the way through his career, and then you know new Cowboy fans that come along ten years, to fifteen years from now, they'll just have to go off of what we said and what they see. <laughs> Jim Thorpe, my cousin, Danny. All right, let's uh let's get Deshaun on the horn. What's good, Deshaun? Yeah, bro. So first, I got a lot to say. So first off, with Danny's situation, so he said, give him film of him mauling people. So yeah. all right, we just talked about one Aaron Donald. So uh, in the, I think in the last game when like Zach was playing, they sometimes had to move Aaron Donald away from Zach and Martin. Because they knew that they they wouldn't really get any pressures because Martin would give Aaron Donald the most trouble, and he forgot about Fletcher Cox. I'm pretty sure Fletcher Cox, if you were talking to him and asking him was Zach Martin one of them ones, he would tell you. 
they've been battling was, for years. Yeah, that's what I said to him, Deshaun. I said, look, bro, I've got, you know, some of the best offensive linemen and defensive linemen, head coaches, defensive coordinators, offensive line coaches. These, these people have come out and refuted this overrated status. Everyone and their mama have said that he is one of the greatest to ever do this thing at this position and the best guard playing the game today. Now, I, he just maybe like he said he's old school, so he's biased. He wants to see dudes just get thrown around and ragdog. That's his his way of saying somebody is a Hall of Famer. But my guy, it's 2023, and the people that are playing the game are quite literally telling you this dude is unbelievable. And at the end of the day, be real with you, if he really thinks about it, when Martin comes around for that uh, for that block, that cut block, he's mulling people over. Like people don't understand when he comes back. Think about this. So I know everybody's worried about the offensive line. So you have Tyron and Tyler on one side, and then you have Phil and Martin on the other side. So imagine how that's going to play out against the rest of the rest of the league. Come on now. So I just I think like I think you said Danny wanted some type of attention. He wanted to be a standout person. What what's the best way to stand out by saying some outrageous like outlandish stuff? Step trust ESPN five SS sports do it all the time. Anyway. Um with the I with the defense. So I feel like I feel like the thing about the defense is a lot of people are kinda of underestimated is that linebacker position. And the reason why I say that is because with the I didn't know Mozzie and Hankinson was going to be on the same one. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know Jonathan was going to be a one-tech and Mozzie was going to be a three. That's a lot of pounds to move. Like, imagine, like, you have to double-team both of them so it gives the linebacker, like, opportunities to be able to make uh, tackles. Yeah, I, I, not, I think, Deshaun, we'll see, we'll see packages like that. I don't think you're going to see Mozzie and Hankins one and three-tech as, as starters, per se, unless somebody come out in, like, a heavy, you know, but I, I think Osa is your starting three-tech. But I do think you'll see some packages where, where both of those guys might be on the field. It might not be early because, you know, obviously Mozzie is, 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 has to work through his technique aspect of his game. But, yeah, I 100% think there will be packages like that. But don't get it twisted. Osa Odigizua is your three-tech. I hope he breaks out. Um, another thing, not if we don't want to throw to Gilmore. Like, it, in practice, they do not want to throw to Gilmore. Like, a lot of times, Gilmore will recognize the play before, like, <laughs> yeah, Gilmore you, will recognize the play beforehand. You got to throw it some, like, like, that's the thing about practice, <laughs> bro. For real, think about it. So, you know, we don't we don't hear what the, what, what, you know, there might be McCarthy say, hey, look, man, just throw it up. We, we, we need to see, we need to see if, if we need to test Gilmore or Dak might be talking shit. Hey, I got you on this one, big dog. I'm coming to you. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we got to test it because if you don't, then you don't know if, if, if that guy gets matched up against the other teams, Gilmore or something like that, if you can trust him to win that battle or if you can trust yourself to win that battle. So at, from time to time, you got to do it. When I hear that we're not throwing his way, that's great when it comes to the defense, but I ain't going to lie to you. Me personally, I want to just, just do it. See if we can... Get something off on Stephon Gilmore. Hell, we saw a couple plays where Michael Gallup won a couple jump balls on Stephon Gilmore. So, you know, please try to go his damn way from time to time because all that's going to do, iron and sharpen iron. So my question for you, and I, uh, I'll probably be out of here. So what do you feel about the kicker situation? Because I'm, I'm not going to be honest with you, I'm <clears> not <throat> very confident about it. Because if they're missing 38 and 40 yarders, hmm. that's, that's a big issue. 
we 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 went through this nightmare before last yeah. year, Scott, missing like extra points, missing field goals and stuff, and you know how much that cost us. Yeah, I'm not I'm not excited about it. I mean, you're hearing the numbers come out, and I hate to be a uh, training camp stack sidebar. Y'all know Eagle fans have made training camp graphics, stat graphics for their quarterback. I mean, how corny is that, though? <laughs> there are stat graphics. My quarterback is 43 for 50 for 475 yards, you know, three touchdowns, knowing for for practice. Anyway, I'm sorry. So so when I see the numbers come out, I have to understand it's practice, right? But but the kickers, that's all they do. <laughs> you know, that's all they do is is kick field goals. And um, it's not good numbers coming out. I think it was uh, Professor O who, who actually found the statistic by adding them all up. I think both of them are kicking sub 80% at practice, which means if you're doing that there, what happens when you get out there on the field? So I can't sit here and fake the funk to you, bro. I don't feel confident about the situation and, Maybe, you know, we'll probably talk about this on Monday. Maybe that's the free agent position that we're getting to this point in time where, you know, the Cowboys have usually signed a veteran guy. Maybe that's the position they do it. I hope so. Thanks, guys. Shout out to you. You're the best in the business, bro. Thanks, bro. Salute. They making, pra- they making practice graphics, y'all. Like, when I say graphics, I mean st- statistics. going crazy people have gone crazy yeah i don't feel good about the kicking situation if let me let me get a let me get a temperature in the room here cowboys nation we got about 600 some people watching shout out to y'all appreciate you so much man this has been a this has definitely felt like an old school fan friday show i i, I gotta i'm thinking of some fan friday segments to, to rock but i know we about to get into the game so things will switch up a bit hit that like button for me if you ain't here and you enjoyed today's show uh let's just get the temperature Give me a word, one word, of how you are feeling about the kicking situation from what you're seeing out there. Now, look, you might be out there. You could be out there. You, you might feel better about it. You're you saying what I ain't seeing. I'm just going off of what's being reported and who I talk to that is down there. But just give me a word. One word about how you're feeling about the, the kicking situation. Nervous. A A shrinkage. Shanky. Meh. Shoot, man. I, I wish I could feel meh. Yeah. Terrible. Another one, another meh. Troubled. Perplexed. The kickers are sus. Darren just said, I ain't even got words, just dots. Silas said, I don't care. Solid. So ex- explain, Solid. Solid said, I don't care. Explain a little bit. I mean, because we've seen teams win and lose off their kicker. It don't concern you. Concern me a little bit. It concerns me just a little bit. Cheap. Petrified. Concern. Two point conversion, says Bobby Ellis. Mario confident. You trolling me, Mario. Ooh, Solid said, Brett Ma- but Brett Maher signed, though. You're saying go get Brett Maher? And we have our first Eagle fan. Y'all know what to do, y'all. Drop the emojis. We got our first Eagle troll in the building. I- I'm going to give you the book. 
and the bomb squad is going to give you your crayons and markers. So here you go, my guy. Here's your book. They're going to provide all colorful crayons and markers for you. You know, at the doctor's office, when the grown folk are talking to the doctor business, they go in the corner and they read Dr. Seuss and they, they draw and color in the corner as the adults speak. Here's your book, Eagle Fan. I appreciate you being here. We understand y'all like to eat poop and stuff like that, so I got to make sure I tread lightly here because sometimes something's wrong with y'all. Here's the book. There's your crayons. Head on over to the corner. Have a good time listening to the show. Put on your, your Pikachu headphones. You know, play with your Barbie iPad, and uh, the adults will continue the conversation over here. Appreciate you being here, though. Y'all keep an eye on them. They might be wandering in the road. You know, Eagle fans weird. They might be wandering in the road and might be a stroller out there. You get out the car and now they kid. Oh, wait, that that was a fake story. Uh, <laughs> Chris from Alaska. What's good, Chris? Yo, what's up, Skywalker? Um, I was curious, since obviously we've been talking about Zach Martin. Yeah. Like, do you really think that, like, are you, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, how worried are you about the situation or whether he's going to, whether Jerry's going to budge and get a contract or if he's going to just swallow his pride and just come to practice? I just, like, what are you, what are you feeling uh, about it? I'm not going to lie to you. I said this to y'all the other day. Like, unless he misses games, that's the only time I would worry. I Look, man, I understand both sides. I understand Zach's side. I understand the front office side. I just say we don't need to play this out through the media. Uh, something needs to come get done. I don't care if it's Zach caving in and coming in. I don't care if it's the Cowboys caving in and coming in. Um, just, just we don't want him missing games. I, I felt 100% positive that would never happen. Uh, but B came on the other day, and we'll have that full interview. We'll just drop the full one tomorrow. B came in the other day and was like, I'm starting to wonder if if that is the case, if he will miss games. So that's the only time I'm going to get worried is if he misses games, Chris. Right. Yeah, my my other uh, question was, after seeing this offense. Zach sat out, Danny. The, uh... Zach, go find, go find me. Sorry, sorry, because here this is this is what Zach this is what Danny likes to do. Go find me, Zach, getting in front of the camera talking about my money ain't for Micah Parsons' money and making up all these lies and excuses in the media. Zach is sitting out of camp. Zach's not going in front of the media, coming at Jerry Jones in the front office for all the BS that they've done over the years in regards to building a team and whatnot. So Zach ain't coming to the media first. Jerry told us he wasn't going to go. To, he, he, hey, we ain't talking about this in the media. And the very next day, Jerry Jones gets in his feelings and comes out here and says all of these things. If anything, Zach's been a team player his whole career. So he hasn't really been that type of guy. Anyway, My other ahead, question was, uh, after seeing this, this offense and how it's been going in camp, um, what's your prediction, prediction stat-wise for Dak this year? Because my if my prediction would I think just how good the offense looks, I can see him going passing about almost like five thousand yards. Oh wow! Probably forty five touchdowns and I would say about seven or eight picks. Because I think he's gonna be more aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, bro, that'd be that would be a that, that's all pro year. I don't know. I just I just just from seeing those camp, just seeing camp and the, the big difference between Kellen and and how explosive and how like free the receivers look and Dak using his legs. I just have a really good feeling. Really big year this year. Um, I, I don't know. I, 
How you feel about it? I don't. So four thousand plus, y'all. I think that's a given. You know, when he's played four season, he's done four K. That's I don't think that's going to be difficult. I yeah, definitely think he yeah, can. He yeah, I think he can 4, break the the franchise record again from passing touchdowns. It was thirty seven that year. I could I could see thirty five plus tutties, right? Potentially breaking his yeah. own record. I think he had maybe forty. Uh, so I don't think your forty five is that far off. But but I, but look, man, people get on him about saying double digit picks. Go look at the best quarterbacks in the league, not named Aaron Rodgers. They're they're all throwing double digits. So I do think we'll get around exactly. 11, 12, 13 interceptions. As long as those 11, 12, 13 interceptions are matched with, you know, 38, 39, 40 touchdowns, that's fine. But if you're if you're going to throw 17, 18, 19 picks and only 22, 23 touchdowns, that's a whole different story, right? That's a whole different exactly. story. If you I, act, I go back to make it seem like Yeah, I go back okay. to uh Tony Romo. Tony Romo in 07. Whirlwind of a damn season. Fun season. One of my favorite seasons of all time. I spoke to Ken, Ken Hamlin about it in regards to like fun, having fun during the season. Boy, he threw 19 picks though. He turned the ball over over 25 times that year. And, and yeah, nobody really remembers very- that because he threw for like 30, he had like 40 total touchdowns or threw for like 39 touchdowns or whatever it was that year. So if he's going to throw the wasn't 12, there- 13 picks, it needs to be accompanied with you know, 68% completion percentage, uh, 38, 39 touchdowns. But if he's going to throw 12, 13 picks and he's only throwing 21 touchdowns, we don't like that. Yeah, like, cause, yeah, that Romo year, I, I didn't watch it, but from what I heard, is there were, I think it was the last game of the season before the playoffs, and they, or Romo threw like three freaking interceptions that game or something like that. But, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for this offense, but let's say Zach Martin does like say that he doesn't want to play games and stuff like that. What's your outlook on the offense then hypothetically, if that were to happen, if what will happen, if Zach Martin just said, like just starts still playing hardball when season starts. How many Which games? I doubt, but still got to think about it. How many, how many games we talk? Even even week one, you're dealing with a defensive line that's pretty good. So, I'm, I I don't know. I I don't know. I think I think if if he came out and said that, and Jerry saw that, I think he would probably budge after week one. Man, look, my opinion. I don't think it's ideal to play without him, man. I, you're going to be a, a worse off offense without Zach Martin. So yeah, exactly. Look, you, you can you can scheme but, around that, you know, week one, week week two, the Jets, another good defense or whatever, but they're gonna scheme around it too, though, bro. Like they're gonna scheme around exactly. it. And, and and there could be a there could be a kind of slow period for the offense where they're just trying to get themselves together in this new scheme. I think it was a new ish scheme, I should say. It was uh Mike McCarthy who spoke about this at the podium where he said, you know, one of the advantages I think guys like uh Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and Joe Montana had was that they they play in this system, his West Coast system, for seven, eight years before they mastered it, right? He was like, you know, they became mm-hmm. masters of the system. And he said the year that Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, it was like, hey, Rodgers, now you're just basically playing against yourself. You've mastered this system. Exactly. You've un- you understand, you know, what it takes in this league. Now you're just playing against yourself. And, and that's when I think it was when the whole Aaron Rodgers kind of took surpassed what what it was in regards to Mike McCarthy. So Mike was like, Dak, Dak knows the details. 
He he understands it. It's just about repetition. That's what he said. It's just about repetition because once he masters it or whatever, you know, it'll be second nature. And that's why I was saying I wish they would have let Mike do this year one because we would have been in year exactly. four. Right? We'd have been in year four. You imagine three years with DQ <laughs> and saying. McCarthy. But fortunately, 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 we have a little, a little ace in our pocket, right? A little ace up our sleeve. And that's the fact that, you know, he's been around these receivers. He's been around Mike. He's been around, you know, he, he's a veteran. So I don't think it's going to take seven, eight years. I just think it might take a few games or whatever, but or practices oh, yeah, no. or, or what have yeah. you. But, yeah, I think we'll be good to go. Yeah, I, I think you can get these boys ready this, like, this year. Because he knows everyone's strength. He went through. It. He already went through it with Green Bay, so he probably has some nuggets to try to get it, get it farther along faster with some. He saw last time he was developing Rodgers in that offense in Green Bay. Indeed. So, but uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. You have a great day. All right, man. Salute. All right, See, hey, said Tony only had twenty-eight tutties. Well, I know he didn't have twenty-eight because. <laughs> 28 and 19 is not great either. It was it was 36, now that I remember specifically, because that was the franchise record, and obviously Dak threw 37, and that broke the record. Uh, so he had 36 touchdowns that year. I'm pretty sure he had like 25 total turnovers when you count fumbles, but it was 19 picks. So y'all, But you understand what I'm saying? Like, I truly believe, especially because he's an aggressive uh, player now, he said that's something that he, he he's believed he's developed. In regards to confidence and whatnot, so he's he's going to test it here and there. Um, it, picks are going to happen, you know. Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom later in his career, but Aaron Rodgers is like the only dude who consistently throws under ten picks. Like that is just some freaky ish right there. Most of the time, especially in today's game, these guys are throwing anywhere between ten to fifteen picks or more. The leader, the leader is usually more than fifteen. We just happened to play in the year last year where it was only fifteen. Um, I think it was. Who was it uh, a couple years ago? Stafford, I think, led it with like 17 picks that year. And we've had years where it's 21, 23. You go back even further. Eli Manning had like 20-something plus for a long time. But I think you'll see him live in that that 10 to 15 range. But it, it needs to be matched with a, a high level of touchdowns, number one. And number two, as long as those picks aren't coming at back-breaking moments that, that like, fourth quarter. I, how many times have we seen it in the previous era where the fourth quarter turnover has just absolutely killed you or whatnot? Or we don't want the red zone turnover, right? We, or we don't want a turnover that it goes for six or puts them in in position. So, you know, if it's Hail Mary stuff, if it's, hey, you're down three touchdowns, which hopefully we never are, fourth quarter trying to come back, whatever. But you don't want these to be back-breaking, and you don't want, you don't want a, a double-digit interception season to be accompanied with a low touchdown a low completion percentage season that would probably spell the Cowboys being middle of the road, which whenever he plays a full season, they just never have really been except one time. Let's get Twan from Connecticut. What's good, Twan? What's good, baby? How you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Fun show today. Man, no, it really is. We got some good callers. So let me address the, the first caller who said, um, I would pay Zach Martin and trade him. I'm going to be honest, bro. If you were the GM, you'll get fired. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the best guard in the business. They're going to fire you for trading him. That's, that's, that's the first one. You, you yeah. said about the offense and defense. 
you felt like the defense was going to be better, Sky, I don't know. Ooh. I honestly don't know because huh? because, Talk to me. because with, with this Texas Coast offense and they making everything more simplistic for Dak Prescott, and he's been dotting shit already. I feel like he's going to have another 2019 season where it's like 45 or whatever he threw, 49. And I honestly think he could throw 40 touchdowns, about 13 interceptions, and really go for that all-pro MVP season this year because we, we really got Brandon Cooks who opens up a lot for the offense. He, he opens up a lot for the offense. We all, we all know who C.D. Lamb is, and we know Michael Gallup wasn't Michael Gallup this year. And that, if that don't get injured last year and miss those five games, he throws about 35 touchdowns, I think. My, my, that's my You that's know what's my funny? No, no, you know what's crazy? Now think about it. He would have probably had that 07 type of season. Where the, the the interception numbers would have been high, but I think the touchdown number would have been as well. Exactly. So I I but, don't I don't know which which is going to be better, Sky. Because it but when that came back, we still had a top three offense with those receivers, with the Noah Browns and feel me Michael Gallup being fair. a semi Michael Gallup. To be honest. So I think the dude the the, the caller's question, if I remember correctly, in fact he might have asked what would be better. I think the reason why I go defense is because that that just seems to be the consensus. Like this is a defensive of led team, which I walk them so much because it has you know it hasn't worked out when all we've done is pour every resource into the offense over the last you know twenty years. Yeah, let's let's level up this defense and, and make it match what we've done offensively. But we got on that side of the ball hardly any weaknesses when it comes to starters or depth. The only one you could argue is is the linebacker position, linebacker. bro. That you know what I'm saying, and that's that that's hard to say on the other side. You could argue tackle depth is rough. You could argue interior line depth, you know, is rough. A lot of people will say, "Hey, man, if Tony go down, I don't know how much I feel how I feel good about the the running back situation, right?" And then you do factor yeah. in, you know, different system. It could take some time, but I don't. I just don't have many question marks defensively, outside of Abe. Can these young linebackers, can the linebacker depth hold up? But if that interior do, it might be good. Yeah, I feel the, I, I feel the same way. Scott, that's, that's all I really got for you today. Thanks for taking my call. Make sure y'all like, subscribe. It's the best morning show. I listen to it every day. And Scott, mahalo. Salute. Good call, man. The, the only thing I would want different from that year, like like the volume numbers are fine. And, and, that, and that was the year, Twan, if you were – if you remember me talking about this, that was the very first year we didn't register a single game-winning drive, a single fourth-quarter comeback. And that, I, re I remember this vividly because that's when I started doing this. I was like, hey, so far, that is an outlier. I've been saying this for three, four years. I said, that's an, that, that, that was an outlier at the time. We need to go back to what we were doing the previous years in regards to finishing games. Next year, we had like one. Granted, he got hurt. All right. Got hurt. I chalk it up. And 2019, I like 2021, we had like two, maybe. You know what I mean? Then we had, I think, two again. And I'm like, okay, what is a common denominator here? What is what is what is going on? What is the differences between how we're, what we're doing at the end of the games? So I would like that aspect 
not to to follow from 2019. The volume numbers, yeah, they, they look they look great. You know, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 4,900 yards. They look great. But the volume numbers are going to be there. What about the game-ending moments? What about the, the, the high-intensity moments? What about some of those, not necessarily the low-hanging fruit numbers, but but the, the the ones that we talk about pillar statistics, it's your third down percentage. What is your red zone percentage? There are other EPA per play. Like there are other ones that go deeper, but I, I don't really try to go too, too, too crazy on here with that. There are some, I think, you know, base level analytics and, and advanced stats that we all can understand that that matter more than, hey, man, he threw for 5,200 yards, but but he had 20 interceptions and we went nine and seven. You know, so as long as those numbers that truly matter are efficient and good, be straight. Three, three, six. What's up? Yo, what's up? Skywalker still, man. My name is Jason. Um, Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for taking my call. I'm actually calling from um, Oxnard, California. It's my first time at training camp. I'm going to be there at practice like Saturday and a couple of days next week. So I'm really excited to look at the battles you and, and Vach have been talking about. Um, my question for you is about Dak because I'm, I'm a big Dak fan. And the only part of his game like I've not really liked is the, how he evades the rush. Like he, he, tends to, he, he tends to go straight backwards and it ends up, he ends up in a lot of sacks that way. And Tony Romo used to do that, that you know, that spin out move that um, – I thought you were going to it, say I think spin. it saved him a yeah, I, well, see, I thought, I think that in the videos I've seen in training camp now, he's been spinning out a lot more, yeah, yes. more so than I've seen him in the past. And I wanted to see if you noticed that, like, is that something that he's added to his game? Because I think it's going to save him a lot more sacks. It's going to save him a lot more hits than just, you know, he just backing straight up. Yeah, I, I've definitely, I thought you were going to talk about the spins because he's been spinning a lot in, in camp. And and we've seen him spinning. I wonder if this is this is also with, with the injury, right, brother? He, in years mm-hmm. one through prior to the injury, him evading the rush and moving around, we, we never questioned it because he, he still right. had that ability to do so um, and make plays from it. But you're right. I think there was a bit of a difference when he came back from the ankle injury in regards to evading the rush. But I have seen him spin a lot. And I think it was Zach Wolchuk. Let me go find his tweet real quick. Shouts out to Zach, friend of the show. Uh, Zach Wolchuk, who said... This is, let me find it. I don't want to misquote him, y'all. My apologies. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Come on, come on. Damn, I heard this. He said, Dak's moving really well. Uh, best he's looked since the ankle surgery, in my opinion. So you might be on to something in regards to him doing the spin stuff. I'm just guessing. I don't have the I don't have the real answer, but I wonder if we stop seeing some of the spinneroonies and the kind of the, the big scramble plays because he was still recovering from not only the calf injury in 2021 and the, I'm sorry, not only the ankle injury, but the calf injury too. And maybe now he's just got that, mm-hmm. that confidence back where those two things are behind him. So good observation. I definitely see the spinner Rooney. And I do remember times where it's like, ah, you could have evaded that a bit differently. I wonder why you didn't. Yeah, and it was like your your linemen have, have have made it for you, made it in a way for you that you can spin out and get uh, more yards. But most of the time, he was backing up into the sack. So I'm glad that that's something that I, I'm like I'm seeing him do again. And you're right; it's probably because you know just recovering from that injury. But that's all I have for you, man. Thanks so yeah. much for taking my call. Mm-hmm, no problem. The funny thing is, I wonder if look. I mean, it's more of a natural instinct, I think, than anything. 
But when he is a Cowboy fan, number one, and when Tony, he played with Tony for a year, and Tony was famous for that spinner room, right? But I think Tony's basketball background, you saw it in the way he, man, he was like Houdini in that damn pocket and moving around and making dudes miss and ducking. And ah, oh, it was so fun to watch in that sense. Now, it might have gave you a headache sometimes to fumble or turn, throw a turnover, but he, he was fun in that aspect. But I, look, he did that when he first got here until he broke his ankle. I mean, there's quite literally just highlights of Dak escaping pressure and scrambles and, and spinning like that. But I do think you saw a difference in how he evaded pressure once he broke his ankle, which, look, I get it at first because you broke you, – you try to put your ankle back together. Um, but now maybe the ankle and the calf and everything is behind him and maybe we will, we will see a different version of, of his – or go back. I shouldn't say different. Go back to how he scrambled before. I always will go back to this, though, when it comes to the scrambling. He said there will be more opportunities in this offense to do that in, in regards to running, I should say, in scramble than there was previously. And I would love for somebody to kind of explore that. Peel back those layers. I want to know what, what does that mean, you know? I, I know certain offenses have a one, two, three, go type of mentality or one, two, go or young quarterback one and just go uh does that mean this offense opens this up more because of the, the route combinations it, it just gives you the ability to say hey look if one and two ain't there or one two and three ain't there just just take off or check it down where maybe before it was all right we're trying to go deep we're doing we're trying to go middle deep or or whatever the combination was or all curls so if you run somebody's right there for you didn't allow i don't know i want somebody to peel this back and ask them what what about this offense gives you more ability to scramble and run more? Because if you look at the numbers, again, I don't think this is a coincidence. His first three years prior to the, the shift with Kellen, go look at the number of scrambles that he had. They were always in high 20s, roughly, like 20-something or high 20s. Some I think one year was even in the 30s or whatever. If you go look at when Kellen, it was barely, I don't even ever cracked 20. And again, ankle injury, maybe that that is a part of it. But it was very low. And I I want him to just, hey man, tuck it and go. And we've been seeing that in, in practice a little bit. So it is it is something to, to to take a look at moving forward. We won't see it in camp. We'll have to wait till the season starts. But I walk him run scrambling Dak Prescott. Y'all know how I feel. I'm trying look, I'm not saying he gotta run the ball seven times a game, eight times a game. But I think twice you need to put that legitimate read option in there, right? I think Dak should go into every game saying, look, I am purposefully going to take off if one and two ain't there to just to put that in their head, right? Because Dak can throw on a run very well. We've seen him do it in, in the um, – we've seen him do it in playoffs. So he had a couple, couple pass attempts and completions and touchdowns where he's moving, whether it be play action, whether it be evading pressure – Moving out, he's made he's made a career out of making highlights on the move, but it's just that threat of running that I think makes him different than just a standard drop back pass. Yeah, he ain't, and I brought this up before. It's more of a Eric McNair type than it is a Michael Vick, you know, a, a a Justin Fields. He ain't that, right? But but McNair was a was a guy that was able to scramble, make plays with his legs, and things like that. Shout out to Mel in the building. Uh, my guy, Mel, you you dropped this. 
picture, old picture of camp from back in the day. And I'm glad you're here because I was going to comment under it, but I forgot. I did something I forgot. It's so crazy to see the difference in training camp access now from fans and whatnot. I think you were talking about how there was no VIP at that time. This is when D-Ware, Dez, and all that stuff. It was just everybody was able to be there up on the fence just watching practice, and it wasn't as crazy as it is now. Social media, Jerry Jones, you know, they can't even talk trash now at practice apparently. But I was going to put under your, your tweet, money, bro. Jerry realized that that was a money grab out there too, I think. And that's why you see what's happening now where he's charging two fifty a day. Two fifty a day to to get that quality access. That's that's crazy to me, man. That's crazy to me. It wasn't even like that just last year. You could be up on the fence. You get there early, you rate the you smack dab right there. You gotta get there early. Or you pay the 300 and you get the special treatment, but the 300 carries you all year. Quite literally, all year training camp at Oxnard training camp here. VIP access, the food, discounts at the, the pro shop. You get free tours at the star and all that stuff. 250 a day till this day. That's crazy. I digress, man. This dude crazy. 325, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on, Will? What's up with you, man? Hey, I just, I've just been uh, waiting to listen to the kind calls, man. All, all the, all the callers getting me excited about the season, man. I'm feeling pretty confident if we can get this old line together, will. Bro, uh, this is the like, off season. Like, I, I like, I, I'm to the point. You know what I mean? I'm saying we want. I'm like, fuck the kicker. It ain't gonna be close. Fuck him. Like, you know what I mean? That's where I'm at with it. Like, hey, you know, we. What if we have the number one defense, scoring defense in the league, and the number one quarterback? In the NFC, like, doesn't that mean we go to the Super Bowl? Like, will like doesn't like that formula work? That because it, it, I think that's what we got. If you if if you can if you can look into a crystal ball and say you got the number one scoring defense and the number one quarterback in your conference, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you could definitely put money on that going to the bowl type of situation, right? right? But and like we just like, gotta, I just want to know if like because my friends are like my friends are saying I'm biased. I'm like, but do we not have the best defensive player in the NFL? Am I crazy? I know. I'm or is that real? Because you no, know, I, and I, I was like, well, you know, they're like, oh, but the linebackers. I'm like, well, that dude did win like a buckets award or something, right? Like they they give they just hand those out to everybody with you know. Are you talking about uh, Demone? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. but hold on, though. He's go, he's going to be in his second year. But let's go back to what you opened this up with. Okay, yeah, if, yeah, let's if go I, to that. If I got a top quarterback, which I believe we do, a top quarterback, if I got a top defense, which I believe we do, the question mark is, like you said, that offensive line, brother. Like, you, yep. how, so if the offensive line is going to be bad, which I don't think it will be, but let's just say, all right, you got a bad offensive line. We have to work around that. We we have to game plan around that. We have to, to make sure we can combat that and mitigate that weakness. That's gonna that's gonna start from the top down. That's gonna start from the front office, maybe getting in quality uh, depth. That's gonna start with Mike McCarthy making sure that we are game planning around that. And that's gonna start with Dak Prescott understanding maybe I can't, you know, have a five five step drop, or I, I can't I can't give that extra tick. I, I can't you know wait for somebody to get right. open. I just gotta right. go and run instead of trying to hey. one two three. You're you know what I'm saying? you're 100 percent correct. 
Yeah, you're 100% correct. But you know what also, Will, like I'd like to say is like, and I've been down Cowboys fans for a long time, and sometimes we had good defensive lines, and we were playing teams that were like, all right, we should win this game because they don't have a good offensive line. Hmm. And there's particular teams like Mike McCarthy's Green Bay Packers who would dump off to backs and always have some tight ends open or somebody going, and they'd have Randall Cobb, and they would just find a way to beat us, and there's no way that they should win the fucking game, right? And I, I feel like we're changing the route trees. Like, like Will, like, you, you watch ball on another level. You watch. Y'all my favorite, dog, for real. And so, mm-hmm. like, I know, y'all know, like, with the route combinations, Dak was thrown to a spot. When we go against elite defenses, they know where they run those curls. If they run four curls, I'm running to the spot that I've seen on film all season long. You know what I mean? And yeah. Dak has to throw it to that spot, and we're seeing picks. Like, Kellen wasn't it, like, for what, like, what we were trying to do. And so now I'm just like, Dak, Dak has uh, as many 400-yard games as anybody in the NFL. These are factual statements. I think Stafford has one more than him. So, like, it's not like Dink, they say the narrative is Dink and Dak. Like, no, Dak will put 40 on you, bro. Like, bro, disrespectfully, you know bro, what I mean? <laughs> the dink and dunk is hilarious to me because it, it's – look, yes, you have to dink and – I hate to even use that damn term, but you have to manage the game. You have to check it down. You have to take you're, – you're going to take some of these these dink and dunk type of situations. But don't you for, for one second get it twisted. You know, C.D. Lamb and, and, and uh, Brandon Cooks, and, and you heard from McCarthy. You heard it from Dak. You heard it from Schottenheimer. They are going to be aggressive, and they are going to attack vertically. So when you see these hitches, boy, you, you got but you got a dog or a bird? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I got a dog. He he got he two pissed off. Sand he must see an eagle running around. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He must have seen an eagle outside. He barking his head off. Which, what I'm noticing down there in some of these videos is that when when there's hitch, because look, you're going to get hitches. It's just going to happen. You're going to get. You're going to get these type of comebacks. That's part of, of, of the routes, but we did it at an excessive rate. There was way too many static routes. But what, what I'm seeing when we yeah, get... Yeah, we, uh, we, we led the league. We led the league in hitches. Yeah. Like at 76%, we, we led the league. But what, I'm, like, wow. but what I'm seeing with these curls and these hitches right now is that there is a combo involved to it behind it, whether it be a sluggo, whether it be a deep post, whether it be a mm. nine route up the seam. So what that does is, yeah, there's a hitch here because that's just part of the progression, right? But now there's somebody running behind that. So if you if you bite down yeah. as a safety or if you bite down as a linebacker, I got C.D. Lamb up the seam. I got Brandon Cooks right behind you one-on-one, and we're going to be aggressive about it. Yep. No, and, and like, and I just feel like, you know, I mean, shout out to Zeke and all, but we, we, we paid Zeke a little too much. We kept him a little too long. We kept him on the field too many plays. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so now we're going to get more dynamic. Like, what are you going to do? I got a, a, a five, five Deuce Vaughn in open space on a check down that you didn't even see. You know what I mean? Like, it all sure. just depends. Zach Martin just needs to come to camp and just be like, listen, I swear to God, like, can we just make a deal with Zach Martin? Like, look, if you whoop Jalen Carter's ass, we'll pay y'all right then. We'll do the contract right after the game. Just whoop Jalen Carter. Hey, hey, that's what your money. Because if we're going to sign you for three years, Will, isn't that what we're signing you for? Right? Uh, 
That's well, the dude right it, there. It'll be an extension, and you know, as opposed, to, I, I don't think he's going to get like five extra years. Or I mean, he already got two left. Nah, two man, I think but, two or three. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I see. Like, like yeah, you're already on two. Like this, hey, this, this some, this some whole shit. Like, I understand. Like, <laughs> I understand, but he signed the contract. I'm just like, dude, let's just go get a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. and, and you're right. He timed this perfectly. He timed this perfectly. They got rid of <laughs> man. If, if, if Zach Martin didn't ever, like, oh, uh, but I'm just like, dude, hey, we've been suffering for a lot of years, and this team, like, we really think that we can get to the Super Bowl. It's not just, like, hyperbole. Like, there is an actual formula right here with real players and backup players and a defense that's crazy. Like, you know, like, Osa is better. You know what I mean? Bohan yeah. is coming in, new, new experience. Like, the most part, we have, we have a system. It's like... Our defense is like a college team, right? We just bring people up the ranks. Eric Scott Jr., what's up? Oh, yeah, Y.A. Thomas, oh, yeah, you're you the ball. Oh, Marquise Bell, oh, yeah, you too, ball, what's up? Like, we just bring people in, and I just don't think anybody's got it like that in the in the league except for us. Like, so that's why yeah. I feel like we're ready. We're ready, Will, so yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Hey, man, fantastic call. I can definitely feel that you're ready, man, and, and the passion behind you. Love it. Appreciate it. All right. Anyway, have, have a great day. You too, man. Shout out to Vosh, too. <laughs> of course. Later. Of course, shout out to my guy, my brother from another Vosh Lombardi. Lie. Uh, the, the one thing we don't probably talk about enough anymore because we got so many good players we like, right, on defense is that what, what I think separates us is the fact that Dan Quinn is the guy doing it. Y'all know about the other defense coordinator that, that I'm fond of and Vic Fangio. I think, I think Vic Fangio is, is one of them ones, too. I, I don't think there are, a, you know, offense, you got uh, so many offensive coordinators with great minds and put together great schemes and produce all these, you know, offenses year in, year out. I don't think there's that many defensive coordinators that are, like, on Dan Quinn's level. You know what I mean? Like, there's a handful that are like that. And that's why I, I'm just thinking, man, maybe Dan is like, you know what? Did the head coach. Different responsibility. That's a different responsibility that adds different pressure. I hope and pray. Dan turns into always do this. Dick LeBeau. Because there's Dom Capers and there's Dick LeBeau. Dom used to be a head coach at one point. I want to say this now I'm testing myself here. Panthers. Right? I can't remember if Dick LeBeau was. I think he might have had a year. I think I think he might have had a year somewhere, but but Dom Capers and Dick LeBeau both said, "Man, I tried this. I'm just going to be a career defensive coordinator." And he got a Super Bowl, Dom Capers, with Mike McCarthy, and Dick LeBeau. We understand a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, low key, not low key, technically a Hall of Fame player. My hope is that um, DQ says, "I did the head coach thing. I know I can get the head coach money, but you know what? If, if I could be Jim Johnson, Dick LeBeau." Dom Capers, you know, these guys that that are are etched in stone in their franchises as defensive coordinators. Maybe just maybe we can keep DQ around for a long time. He has fun being a coordinator, man. He has fun being out there, you know, being able to, to, to get in in the trenches with these guys. I don't think he's going to have that same type of fun as a head coach again. And I know everybody wants him to be the next head coach of these Dallas Cowboys. Let me tell you something right now. This ain't that and what i mean by this ain't that this ain't atlanta 
This ain't that, man. You got it plush right now, bro. If anything goes to shit, Dan Quinn will never get that heat. Never. He just won't. Right? And he don't got to worry about the offense. He don't got to worry about doing all these media hits and Jerry Jones. And he don't got to worry about none of that. Just chill. Just chill. You know what I mean? Just chill. And continue to be the GOAT that you are becoming at defensive coordinator. If if Dan Quinn could come to grips with that, I think Dan Quinn will stay here for a long time. Let me throw this out there. As long as Jerry Jones pays him like that. Because if Houston, no, well, they got they got the ball to Miko. If Carolina, if whomever come crawl, calling and saying, hey, dog, we'll pay you fit t- whatever it is. You know, we'll pay you highest paid. Now, Jerry, there is no salary cap for coaches. Match it. He got the bread. Match it. Keep him here. That's about the only other way he'll probably leave a situation like this. So, and this is me trying to speak it into existence, y'all. This is me trying to do that. Because we so many people get on Mike, but Mike knows how to build a culture. Not saying that Dan don't, because Dan is building his own culture. But thir- you don't coach for 17 years. For 13 years, five NFC Championship games, Super Bowl, building different versions of teams and always having a quality culture in locker room. Like, you don't do that if you aren't good. Mike has been good here. He's also been good dealing with the bull-ish that comes with coaching here. Not everybody can be built like that and do that. So I think we should give way more credit to Mike McCarthy because he's about ball. And he knows how to do it. The difference is when we and look, man, Jason, it is what it is. He didn't know. He ain't know nothing. He was he was learning on a job. The worst place to learn on the job in the National Football League is Dallas. It's the worst. You you can't be learning on a job here, bro. And if it wasn't for the relationship with Jerry Jones, he would have been gone. I digress. I don't want to get too far into it. Last caller, 212, what it is, what it do. Or 210. My bad, my bad, 210. Yo, brother, how's it going? I'm good, man. I had to get you in here before I kept talking hey. about this. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, great shows all week, man. Uh, it's been awesome having all the all the guests and everything on. Uh, I don't know why my Supers aren't going through or what, but uh, I don't know, I kept on trying to put that my dream, like, dot-com show would be you, Brian Broaddus, No C, and then Dave Hellman, and you had oh, two out of those three already on there, man. That would, yeah, that would be a great damn show. I'm trying to get sure. Dave. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get Dave because see, see FS. And I'm saying their name again. They think they slick. They pulling all this bullish foolery right now without the one dude that has shut all that ish down, and that's Dave. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Dave is my guy, man. Hell Appreciate yeah. you. But uh, and I'm a uh, I'm a huge college football fan. Uh, my favorite team is TCU, and uh, you know, seeing Turpin the way he's like he's being integrated now into the offense on all these videos of him like diving on an out route for the for the ball, like that's all we used to see uh, from his freshman year on. Uh, you know, while he was with the program, and I'm, I'm really excited to see him. You know, come on, hopefully do that here. You know, bring that same freaking spark to the offense. What I what I love what I'm hearing about it is um. McCarthy the other day came out and said, you know, he's now a part of the actual wide receiver rotation, not just gadgety stuff. 
And we talk about that a lot on Vacha's show. We don't want Turpin to just be the gadgety player. I'm not going to lie to you. I did call him that last year at one point. I, I said he's a gadget player. It is what it is because that's just how they were using him. Yeah, that's him. all they used him as. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But that that didn't mean he didn't have some skill sets to do these underneath things from a slot standpoint. And that's what we're seeing, and I yeah, appreciate they that they're trying it. Yeah, yeah. So he ain't just a gadgety player right now. He's being worked in that rotation, and you already know he's part of my explosives. And if he can be involved, I think it'll just make this offense that much more dangerous because you got another dude you got to worry about that can take a five-yard route to the crib. Hell yeah. Appreciate it, brother. You have a good show. All right. Salute, man. Appreciate the TCU right, in the man. building. I met a uh I met a uh, TCU, I don't know, I'm sorry, but player. The only reason why I, at the airport I knew he was a TCU player. Some uh some guy was waiting in T the line or whatever, he took a picture with him and I heard him talking about football. He's right in front of me. And he was like, Yeah, you know, he plays at TCU and I'm like, I wonder if he played with Turk. You know, and he's like, nah, I got there right when Turpin left. Um, but he said he heard nothing but great things there, though. Obviously, Turpin, when he signed with the Cowboys, TCU was getting a lot of publicity about it. And, uh, you know, you hear nothing but good things. And you put on the film, you see how explosive he is and things like that. Um, and clearly, this team is not afraid to to utilize these young. When I say this team, I mean McCarthy now running a show on offense. Is not afraid of smaller guys. You drafted one. Five foot five guy, you know, out of college. So use them. Use these explosives. What is the point of having them on the team, on, on the roster, on the offense, if you're not going to use every inch of this field and they can be involved in that? And, and and that's another thing when you hear these, you know, media people. I mean, call them media people, fake take. Oh, we're going to run, they're going to run the ball. They said all they're going to do is run the ball. You ain't, you ain't listening. Mike McCarthy had to explain again. I didn't pull that audio, Cowboys Nation, but he explained again. Look, I was talking about 2020. Y'all caught me. We was having a good time, and I, I didn't realize that, you know, this was going to go viral. I'm not talking about we going to run the ball all damn game or whatever. But he said, and this, I wish I would have pulled it, but he said, you know, how we were, what we were doing in 2020, nah, nah. We're not doing that anymore. We are going to to run the ball a little bit more than we were in that 2020 season in his first year there, or call it differently. And that and he said, I liked how we dis, we had a distribution over the last two years. But he said that we're going to be about winning with our perimeter players. That's how the league is won, you know, in today's era is with our perimeter players. But it is important to run the football. And he says something along the lines of there were still things they were doing over the last two years that didn't jive with what he thought was best for his offense and his quarterback. So, and hence why you see the, the, the philosophical differences. Now I'm calling plays, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see if it works. I'm, I feel confident it will. Good stuff today, man. I told y'all I had time today. We got through all the callers. Appreciate y'all uh, for calling in. I'm going to go ahead and get to these super chats. I'll jump into the chat. I think... The chat might have been messing up a little bit. Let me go see here. Facebook is still on. All right, YouTube is still on. I think we're still good now. Let's read these super chats right quick. Uh, we started off with Towboat Tie. Let's start off again with Towboat Tie. Super chat. He dropped five and said, when it comes to the media and the Cowboys, they will always try to make... Oh, I already did that one. What am I talking about? <laughs> what 
Tobo Tie was yesterday. My bad. That was the other one yesterday. Okay, here we go. Twan. Shout out to Antoine Okafor in the building. Ain't seen you in a minute, man. Super chat. We got so many Twans. Twan said, uh, drop 10 and said, question for Danny. When does... <laughs> Can I press the button for this one? So this is Twan. This is Twan's question for Danny. Okay, so then, now, when does crack, now, so the cocaine's happening, happening. when does that crack come into play for you? That's the question for you, Danny. I I can't answer that part. That was a good one, Uh, (laughs) Twan. He said, also, you heard Shady say Dax teammates don't respect. Yeah, bro, I heard that. God, I don't See, this is actually real shady. That's what makes me. He does good things for my my city, man, and you know, personally and all this stuff. But I don't like this, bro. This is kind of whack. But see, the problem is, we've turned him into a villain, and he is relishing in it. And and that's him. But that's but I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, Dwayne, appreciate you. He dropped another one. I'm about to start calling it the uh, Super Chat. The new PC fund. The new PC fund. Shout out to Drummer Cam. He's in here. I uh, reached out to Drummer Cam. We were talking all day over the last two days. We we might we might be on to something, man. We might get this super duper Cooper Trooper computer. <laughs> we might get this super duper computer thing going. So I got to talk with the uh, the higher ups today. We're gonna see what we can do. I appreciate. This is why y'all the best, man. I appreciate you, Drum. Uh, and uh, Dwayne Brown drop. Drop 10 just to drop it. And then uh, to support, appreciate you, uh, Dwayne Brown. Black Lion. Super chat. He said, I've been saying Dak's game is like Eric McNair. Rest in peace. I, I same, same here, bro. That's why Steve McNair's pops in my head because coming out, that's kind of was like, hey, this is this is very Eric McNair-like. And, and a little bias. I, I was a huge Steve McNair fan. Huge one. Um but that's that's also kind of my comp as well. Steve, Steve McNair played a long time, and again, rest in peace. Rest in peace. CJ said, "With these lockers behind me, it's it's hilarious that y'all. St- there are people who still think these are real lockers. I remember when I first got them. I wasn't. It was still probably like a hundred something, two hundred people here. I don't know. Somebody was like, "Yo, I thought for the longest you were doing a show in an actual locker room." Nah, man, it's just a backdrop. I don't, I don't got the new. Remember the last uh, setup? I had the TV. I'm gonna get that back. By the way, I'm, I'm gonna revamp this thing at some point. I, I, want, I loved having that TV back there. I don't got the TV back there this time, uh, but so this is the setup we got, man. Yeah, yeah, Matisse. He's 100% a an, an actor when it comes to this stuff, and and he's and he's relishing in it, right? Be- because if he was, if if it was real takes. There will be context. There will be other, you know, quarterbacks or teams getting that. Same. That's not what it is. And and he's infected other people on that damn show. But, hey, you know. What did Dak say? They asked Dak about it. He's like, hey, man, they paid him a lot of money. So, you know, get your money, man. <laughs> get your money. They're paying you a lot of money. Let's see here. Uh. James said, Kirk, Josh, Jalen Hurts, Geno, Aaron Rodgers, Tua, Daniel Jones, Sam Howell, Brock Purdy, uh, all have to throw against this elite secondary. They will all get intercepted. I think so, too. 
I think so too. James said he don't see Dak throwing the picks in practice is a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because that shows how elite our secondary is, meaning opposing QBs will get picked off at some point. So that's what you were saying earlier. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people keeping stats at home. How many picks Dak got? I think it was uh, Todd Archer. I, look, man, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't keep these damn stats, but I did see Todd Archer had a kind of practice breakdown. I think in it, he, he brought up a number. Yes, here it is. My bad, y'all. We kind of in overtime. Just deal with it. Uh, Todd Archer said, Thursday's practice seemed to emphasize the run more than the pass after throwing 48 passes on Tuesday. Damn, he threw 48 passes. Dak uh, attempted 20 on Thursday and 7 on 7, went 13 for 20 with his second pick in the three-padded practices. So, He's got two interceptions. We're doing statistics. Get your graphics ready. He's got two interceptions um, this week, and they both, ironically, are to Nation Wright. One seemed like a punt. Me and Broaders were talking about. They just threw that thing up. The other one was kind of a jump ball situation with, um, uh, I think it was uh, Semi. Yeah, Semi. And then last week, there was, I think, one. I don't know. I know there was a semi one, but let's let's talk about the actual ones. Oh, Dak Prescott threw a pick. So if we're keeping count at home, Cowboys Nation, Dak is up to three interceptions. Oh my God, let's burn it down. He has three bad interceptions in practice this year, but he got twenty-seven touchdowns. <laughs> Look, man, I'm by keeping track of this stuff, man, and I'm with you a little bit there, James, in that. There is times out there at practice where you say, screw it, man. Like, like, and this is the only reason why I got on that one caller on, on, on um Vach's show. For y'all who missed it, go back and watch. On Vach's show, somebody called in and he was saying, Hey man, that that picked the nation right, the one I think we just threw it up a lollipop, it felt like. Yeah, bad pass, bad throw, bad pick, right? He was like, but you know, there was a tight end underneath wide open. He didn't throw it to him and whatnot, man. That gave me PTSD. Of, of this Packers game. Sir, PTSD. PTSD from a practice throw, bro. That's what did it for me. You, all right, bad, you could say bad throw, bad throw, bad decision, bad decision. You getting PTSD over a practice throw where you don't even know what the, like I said, like I said, a practice can be, look, let, I, I know I got that throw there. I might have made that throw three times in a row just now. I want to test this muscle. I want to see if that's what you got to do out there. If you just going to dink and dunk in practice and not take any risky opportunities or let me try this in practice, what the hell you think going to happen when you get out there in a the game against a quality defense and you ain't made this throw in practice before? But you getting PTSD over a your stomach is twirling. You having nightmares when when the when the Browns and the Jets are playing. You you sweating because you thinking of a Packers game when Dez Bryant dropped the ball or something or, or, or I don't know. He brought up a Packers game. I I don't know what he talking about. Maybe it was a Packers game last year or something. But that's what got me. Not the fact that well, we could talk about bad throw. We could talk about yeah the dude was open. But you 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 about to throw up over a practice throw fam and i'm like that's the one throw you're talking about and not the 
75 other ones that we've seen that have been good, it's that throw rate. And that's the problem. If this has happened in the regular season, whole different story. Deep balls, he hardly getting intercepted anyway. I think he had like three picks last year on a deep ball, which was the lowest of all his balls. Pause. But from a passing grade standpoint, he's been one of the best deep ball throwers anyway. So when I see a deep ball interception, I'm like, whatever. You know, that doesn't happen often with him. If I see a, 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 a miscommunication pick in practice, and it's constantly happening, right? By the way, he only got three interceptions. If I see a miscommunication interception happening across the middle of the field, if I if I see a slant, you know, and he's way behind, they pick it off, right? If I see these ones that that are actually concerning based off of what we saw last year, deep middle or, or or intermediate middle, and he's not looking off the linebacker or something, that that's constantly happening and being reported. Yeah, we can be be concerned. But I can't light firecrackers around you during the game because you're going to get PTSD about a, a practice throw. Sometimes I wonder. I, I, I don't know who has it on their Twitter. But this is accurate. For real, for real, some of y'all are not really built for this Cowboys fan shit. You're not for real, for real. You're not built for it. Tolerate it. You ain't really built for it. Because that gave you PTSD. And I digress. Not a game, Bruce. Not a game. <laughs> Practice. That's what pissed me off. That's That was it. But if you keep a score at home, you know, 32 touchdowns, four in a set. Now, I don't know how many touchdowns he got. You know why? We don't know how many touchdowns he got, y'all. They don't care about those touchdowns. They care about the the three interceptions and eight padded practices or eight practices or whatever. It's six practices that's going on out there. Cowboys Nation, this is why we do these shows, man. You're not, you're not, you're supposed to be smarter than that. Good stuff. I can seriously talk to y'all all day. I had a good one. Um, please, on your way out, hit the like button for me. My guy, I just saw it. Where it go? Brother L dropped one. He said, talk to the higher ups about a check mark or crowdfund. You're right. I'm, I'm actually bringing that up today uh, because I'm not trying to be limited. Once they come down here for camp and I, I can start, you know, tweeting about camp and stuff too. And once... Once the season starts, yeah, I don't want to be limited. So I'm definitely going to look into that, brother. I appreciate you. Let me just refresh and make sure I miss anybody else. Nope. We good to go. Good stuff today, Cowboys Nation. I had fun on this one. Uh, Friday shows. Again, I'm going to try to figure out a way to keep these these free and fun and mostly for y'all. Uh, once the season starts, though, we'll actually have a game plan for those who have been around. Y'all know how we do from Monday through Friday. There's an actual uh, setup to this, a structure. And I think it's a it's it's an ironclad structure. It's, it's perfect. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's informational. And it keeps the, the season going in a flowing way without getting caught up in the nonsense. Um, so make sure y'all stick around for that if you're new here. If you think the offseason, these shows are fun. In season, even with the crazies. It is. I think it's better. I think the in-season shows are unbelievable. The chat, the callers, y'all are great, man. Y'all are great. So y'all have a fun, fantastic, safe weekend. 
safe weekend. I want y'all to come back, you know, in a couple of days where we talk about this Saturday practice. All right? And press this button. What y'all doing this weekend? I'm going to go see um, that new Ninja Turtle movie with my boys today. That's what we doing. Checking out the new TMNT. I already put them on the old school disc. Ain't nothing touching the 90s ones. But this cast they got for this new one, I definitely got to go see that one. Pool party? That sound dope. SummerSlam? Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter. I'm going to try to be talking about this SummerSlam. They got the Battle Royale and my guys in there. Let me talk to you. Love you. Peace. Fishing sound dope, too. My bro Sean in the building. If you're watching it live, bro, hit me.